Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday Night United. We are uh, going to get into some good things from the Word of God tonight. Uh, We're excited about all that God is doing, all that God is uh, performing in our our churches, in our ministry, and uh, we uh, uh, are just blessed to be doing what God wants us to do. So thankful for everybody that's come out tonight on this great Wednesday night. Uh, We want to get into something that we've been looking at over the past number of services on Wednesday evenings and then generally on Sunday morning, the walk of faith. And uh, the Lord said to uh, Pastor Michelle, he said that we're entering into a season that's going to require the walk of faith. Now, very often when people hear that, they think, oh, you know, wow, this is going to be tough or this is going to be whatever. No, it's more in line with this that there are things that God wants to do and it's going to require the walk of faith. All right, uh, faith people look at things differently than people that are looking at the obvious. And, and the, the reason is that I'm regulating my life by faith. That's what regulates my life. As a matter of fact, our, our uh, foundation verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where it says we walk by faith and not by sight, The Amplified Bible says we regulate our lives according to our conviction. And then the end of that word, that verse says, not by something seen. And so when when you look at circumstances and you're regulating your life by faith, all right, faith has a different perspective, all right, because faith, faith is attached to the answer. Faith is not attached to the problem. And that's why faith can move you past the problem, all right? Because your faith is attached to the answer. Faith is based on something, all right? Faith is the substance. It's the grounds. It's the conviction. It's the, uh, we've said, it's the thing placed under. It's the substructure. And so my point in saying all that is if you're looking at things in the natural, all right, then you're limited because there, there's, there's nothing there but supposition. There's nothing there but, uh, you know, facts that can be changed. Faith is based on something that cannot change. And so he says we walk by faith and not by sight. All right, we regulate our lives by faith, not by something seen. Now, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we've looked at this frequently, but we're going to continue to go back to it because it's important that we see this. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the meaning 
of the word faith there. It's the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. All right, it means the conviction of the truth of anything or being convinced that something is true. So faith then is being convinced. All right, faith is being convinced that something you have seen, something you have heard is true. And then it says this conviction that something's true is the substance, the foundation, the substructure, a thing placed under, all right, of the things that you're hoping for, the picture that you see. So, so faith is the conviction, all right, the foundation of those things that you're desiring, those things that you have a picture of. And then it says it's the evidence well, that word just simply means proof, all right? Proof. So faith, being convinced that something is true, is the proof. Hallelujah. So proof is not seeing it in the natural. Proof is not the end result. Proof is being convinced. When faith has come, all right, that's the... That's that's the convincing. The conviction is in the believing. Hallelujah. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or what God has said. And faith goes by speaking what God has said. Faith comes by hearing what God has said. And faith goes by speaking what God has said. And faith, a large part of faith, is expecting God to keep his word. All right? If I'm convinced of something, then I am expectant for it to come to pass. If I'm convinced that what God said is true, then I'm expectant of it to come to pass. All right? So, so faith is expecting God to keep his word. Faith is expecting God to be faithful. All right? Faith is expecting God to be faithful. Right there in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11, it says concerning Sarah, it uses the, the first two words are through faith. All right? Well, through faith, meaning faith was the avenue. Faith was the channel. Faith was the uh, uh, faith was the system, all right. That Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age, because notice she judged him faithful. So we see in this one verse how faith and judging God faithful are inextricably linked. All right. If I have faith in God. I, of necessity, consider him faithful. All right? Now, the reason this is important is because we have the word through faith, which is the word, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, the conviction of the truth of anything. So she was convinced. All right? She was certain. This certainty, this conviction was the channel. It was the means. It was the way. All right, that she did something. And it says, 
Through faith, she received strength. And then it says, because she judged him faithful. All right? The word faithful is the Greek word pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. All right? We have pistis, being convinced that something is true. And then we have the word pistos, which, which mean, is, is the, word, the English word faithful. But what it means is to be true to something that was said. <coughs> Excuse me. To be true to something that was said or something that was spoken. So what we get from this is simply this, that God is true to what he has said. All right? And Sarah, being convinced, all right, that was the means, that was the channel, and it says her conviction was proven because she judged him faithful, notice, who had promised. Well, here's the thing. How do you promise? Through your words. All right? Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 16, Genesis chapter 17. God makes, and we dealt with all of those verses, all right, in the blood covenant in the first part of this year, the first six months of this year. In all of those verses, God made promises to Abraham and Sarah, all right? He told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, and the seed is going to come through Sarah. She's going to be the one that gives birth, all right? Well, now notice, at this point, she became convinced. When did she become convinced? When she was past the age, all right? Remember I told you in the very beginning, faith looks at circumstances different. She's past the age. In the natural, she has no ability to have a child. In the natural, she has no ability to conceive seed. All right? The King James says she was without strength. All right? In other words, the vitality in her body was not at a natural level where she could conceive seed. All right? The the ovaries were not alive. All right? The uterus was not alive. No part of her reproductive system was strengthened in the natural to be able to receive a seed and conceive a child. But it says that because she was convinced about what God had said, all right, that was the channel. That opened up the way. And then it says she was convinced because she judged him faithful. She judged God faithful. It's you who believes or does not believe. When you hear the Word of God, when you see something in the Word of God, it's it's you that believes it or doesn't believe it. All right? That's why people will say, well, I I don't understand. Seems like the Word works for this person, doesn't work for this person. Some people receive, some people don't. Here's a very simple answer that if you will will keep it in your heart and mind, it'll solve all those problems. Some people believe and some people don't. And and you can try to sugarcoat it. You You can try to make it softer. Here's the bottom line. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. All right? That's what the Scripture says. It says in Jesus' own personal ministry that there were areas that he could do no mighty work 
because of their unbelief. There were people in that ministry time that did receive because they believed. There were people that did not receive because they did not believe. Sarah made a choice to judge God faithful concerning what he had promised. In other words, she was absolutely convinced that if God said it, it's done. If God said it, it's it's finished. That's all I need is for God to say it. If we would adopt that line of thinking as believers, if God said it, that's all I need. All right? If God said it, now watch, God is faithful to what he said. This is crucial. Amen. One translation says, Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and past the age of childbearing. Now notice, by faith, she embraced the power to conceive even though she was barren, even though she was past the age of childbearing. It says, for the authority of her faith rested in the one that made the promise. Oh, hallelujah. See, it's, it's faith in something. It's faith in someone. All right? A lot of times when people talk about faith, it's just this misty, uh, colorless, shapeless substance that somehow it works. Faith is in something. You're convinced of something. You're certain of something. All right? Faith is not just, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I have faith. If you have faith, you have it in something. You have it in someone. Her faith rested, notice, in the one who had promised. Glory to God. Amen. The one who made the promise. And she tapped into his faithfulness. Hallelujah. What I don't hear a lot is this. If God said it, that's it. That one of the essence of faith is that if God said it, that settles it. Settles the issue uh, for, on God's part. Right? It's, it's, it's to me now, do I believe what God said? Because if God said it, that settles it. That's, that's, that's what he wants for me to have. That's his desire for me. It is clearly, totally possible that I can receive it because God said it. Look, look at uh, Numbers 23. The authority of my faith rests in the one that made the promise. It's in the one that made the promise. And something that I've learned over the years is simply this. That God speaks with the intention of doing what he said. God speaks with the intention of doing what he said. 
what he has said in his word, in God's mind, it's, it's finished. The only thing that's necessary there is for the believing of the person that it's spoken to. Everything that God put in his word, he put it in his word with the intention of seeing it come to pass in the life of the believer. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 is a familiar verse, but it starts off by saying God is not a man. All right? Now, this is important because most every believer will readily agree that God is not a man. And then it says this, that he should lie. In in other words, men lie. God doesn't. God cannot. And then it says, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Now notice this. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Oh, glory to God. Do you know how many times over the years in my walk of faith I've taken this verse to God? Lord, you said it, and according to your word, if you said it, you'll do it. Hallelujah. What am I doing when I do that? I'm judging him faithful. You said it, and you'll do it. Where where many people's walk of faith falters and wavers is in this area. Because here's what you'll hear a lot. Well, I know the word says, but there's no but. If the word said it, your job is judge him faithful that promised. You can't judge him faithful that promised when you're always acting like you don't have what he promised. Sarah was past the age of bearing children, all right? But it says that through faith, she was convinced, even though she was barren and past the age of having children, she was thoroughly convinced that she would produce a child and conceive a child because she judged him faithful who had promised. So that tells me that she wasn't walking around talking and thinking like, well, I know God said, but it hadn't happened. Right? She was convinced. If God said it, the only thing there is for me is the believing of what God said. Hallelujah. One one of the easiest examples is whatever you're believing God for. You're standing in certain areas, physical areas, uh, other areas of your life. One of the easiest things in the world to do is to, now understand this, is to judge the circumstance and its ability to produce negative results more faithful than God. You can't ever do that. If if you're standing for your children to be saved, their negative actions, their ungodly actions, their wrong actions cannot cause you to judge God unfaithful. Because he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'd be saved and your house. 
I'll contend with them that contend with you, and I will save your children. Do you understand me? Has he said it? Shall he not do it? Sarah did not allow the lack of ability physically to conceive seed to cause her to doubt God's faithfulness. To what? His word. You see? I am the Lord that heals you. Hallelujah. I'll keep sickness and disease far from you. I'll take it from your midst. No evil will befall you. No plague shall come near your dwelling. You don't allow negative symptoms, negative circumstances to cause you to judge what God said to be unfaithful. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, but if I don't feel good, how can I believe that He will keep sickness away from me? Because He said it. Because He said it. Your feeling has nothing to do with it. All right? Your job is judge God faithful. This is what God said. So right now, He's keeping this away from me. Isn't that right? Because the truth is what? You're healed. The, the truth is not that you're sick. The truth is you're healed. Sickness is trying to displace your healing. And what are you going to do? You're going to be, oh God. Not, notice this. It says she received strength. Hebrews eleven eleven. She received strength. You will receive strength to overcome that sickness as you judge God faithful. Woo-hoo, glory to God. That makes me want to shout. I'm telling, oh, oh my God. Amen. You, you'll receive that strength. Amen. That, that, that's, that's why the Bible says that, that uh, 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 where, where Isaiah talked about uh, you'll run and not be weary, you'll walk and you'll not faint. He talks in those verses as well. To them that have no strength, he increases their might. Amen. God gives power to the faint. So if I don't feel like I have any strength, according to what God said, what can I expect Him to do? Increase my might. Because He gives power to the faint. See, i got to judge Him faithful there. Lord, I feel weak, but You're giving power to the faint. You're increasing my strength in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's how Sarah received it. Glory to God. And so, and so your response to things is, is different because you're convinced of something and you're judging God faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Whew. So number says that if God has said it, He'll do it. Another translation says God always keeps His promises. Always. That's good news. Another translation says, he does, he does not speak with words that are not true. If He promises something, it happens. Oh, glory to God. If He promises... See, that's, that's judging God faithful. If God said it, it happens. If God said it, it happens. Amen. I, I never, I never want to have more trust in the faithfulness of people than I do in God. But yet there are people 
that do. We, you know, we just came out of election season. And, and, you know, there are people that heard what different politicians said and what they promised. And they went to the ballot box and they voted based on what that politician said. They are expecting them to be faithful to their word. Amen. I have to give God at least, at the very least, the same benefit of the doubt. God's faithful. If He promised something, it happens. Another translation says if He makes a promise, then He'll do what He promised. Boy, I like that. Woo, glory. <laughs> if He made a promise, He'll do what He promised. Isn't that great? So right now, what God promised you is coming to pass. Because He promised it. Glory to God. Oh, glory. Another translation says, Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? It is vain for you ever to expect that he will alter his purposes. Eh, he will not alter his purposes. Oh, glory to God. I wrote quite a few of these down. Another one says, whatever he has said, that will he do. He does. Whatever he's promised to do, he has done it. Oh, glory. Whatever he's promised to do, he's done it. See, God is faithful to what he says. And that, that's a key to your walk of faith. Is, is, is I'm, not, I'm not just believing something that might happen. I'm believing a God that's faithful to His Word. Oh, hallelujah. Now, one of the reasons for this is God and His Word are one. Right? God and His Word are one. Uh, you cannot separate God from His Word. See, because in reality, you can't separate you from your word. If, if your word is not trustworthy, then you're not trustworthy. If my word is trustworthy, I'm trustworthy. You know, if you'll lie to me, I'm, I'm not going to let you handle anything that's valuable. Because if you lie, you're not trustworthy. Right? If you'll lie to me, you'll rob from me. Now, I'm, I'm getting into something. I want you to see this. The importance of believing that God cannot lie and knowing that God cannot lie means this. A person or an individual that cannot lie is 100% trustworthy. Because that means everything they have said or everything they will ever say is completely true. Now look at the illustration. The Lord said to me one time about a person that was lying to me all the time. And he said, Philip, if they'll lie to you, they'll steal from you. See, because where do you stop? What stops you from lying to me? 
Well, your truthfulness. Well, if you don't have truthfulness and you will lie, then you don't have truthfulness and you'll steal. That's why the Bible says, remember in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life. See, God, you can't separate him from his word. He's forever, eternally bound to his word. Has he said it, shall he not do it? When he promises something, it happens. Glory to God. The promise, then, for us as believers has been made. Whatever promise it is. I'm the Lord that heals you. My God shall supply all of your need. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Amen. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Any promise that you want to point out has been made and the price for that promise has been paid. But what I want you to focus on is what is the common denominator of all of those promises? God made them. Oh, hallelujah. If God, remember, if He promises something, it happens. Oh, glory to God. Now, let's go over to John 1. Whoo, my Lord, I've preached myself happy. If you want to crank my tractor, you start talking about the faithfulness of God. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now notice, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right? Now, those, 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 in these verses, when it uses that uh, uh, Greek word for the English word, it's the word logos. All right, logos. All right, something that is, is written, something, right? The, the logos, word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. See, God and His Word are inseparable. And what we see here is that when you focus on God, you focus on His Word. And when you focus on His Word, you focus on God. They're inseparable. There are people that are critics of what we believe, and they'll say, you Word of Faith people make the Word God. No, God made the Word God. You can't. You understand? J just like if you, was, if you were to say, uh, yeah, you, you know that guy, Billy Bob over there, uh, he's, uh, his word's no good. All right? Well, what you're saying is Billy Bob's no good. You can't say somebody's word's no good and say they're good. If Billy Bob's word's no good, he's no good. Because you can't focus on Billy Bob's word and not think about Billy Bob. And you can't think about Billy Bob and not think about his word. When you focus on God, you focus on his word. When you focus on his word, you focus on God. They're inseparable. 
in uh, verse 14 of the same chapter. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now notice, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word became flesh. The Weiss Bible says, And the Word entering a new mode of existence became flesh and lived in a tent, His physical body, among us. So the Word entered a new mode of existence and became flesh. Well, everyone would agree that's a reference to Jesus Christ. All right? Well, Jesus and the Father are one, and Jesus was called the Word, so the Father and the Word are one. Jesus said in John 17, He said it twice. He said, Father, I want them to be one like we're one. We, we talk in our faith circles about how the Word becomes a part of you. How did the Word become a part of you? <laughs> the very DNA of God was placed in your spirit and when you were born again, you became one with God because you were born again by the Word. That's what the Scripture says. We'll read it. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going through all this. This is a, a wonderful, deep revelation. But I'm going through all this because I need you to see God and His Word are one. You can't separate God from His Word. Now, Glory. In uh, Revelation chapter 19, verse uh, 11, the Apostle John says, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he, ju he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written no man knew but he himself. Watch. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Now it says, first of all, he's faithful. It's the Greek word pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. All right? Hallelujah. Remember we talked about that? That's the person that's that's faithful to what they've said, to the execution of a command or the discharge of a duty. So he's faithful and true. Well, that word means sincere or truthful. Hallelujah. And then notice, his name is called the Word of God. God and his Word are one. Everything God is, his Word is. can't separate them. They're one. In 1 Peter 1, mm, and verse uh, 23, he says, concerning believers being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, we would say seed, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the Word of God 
the Word of God is a seed. It's the Greek word spora, S-P-O-R-A. It's where we get our word spore, all right? And it literally means parentage, all right? Parentage. All right, so plants uh, eject spores into the air, and they're carried from plant to plant. That's how they replicate. The Word of God, hear me, contains God. When you received the Word of God, you received the life of God. Hallelujah. That's how you're one with God. Because you received the Word of God. Now think about this. So people have a hard time imagining God in them, but yet the Bible says when you receive the Word of God, the nature of God came into your spirit, and God Himself now dwells in you. What did you receive? The Word of God. So what did you receive when you received the Word of God? God. Why? God and His Word are inseparable. That, that, that seed, in the seed, is the blueprint for the life of the seed. Glory to God. So when the seed of the Word of God was placed on the inside of you, every, everything, everything, all right, that God wanted you to have, to be, to do, came into you through the seed of the Word of God. You can't receive the Word without receiving God, and you can't receive God without receiving the Word. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, whoo, glory. Time is getting away. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. Notice this. If we believe not, yet He abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. What's this mean? God cannot deny what he has said. If he said it, he can't deny it. He's faithful to what he has promised. Again, that Greek word, pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. He's faithful to what he promised. Even if we don't believe, he is faithful to what he said. Even if a person doesn't believe, God is faithful. In other words, all they have to do is flip the switch and start believing, and God's faithful to what he said. Glory to God. That's why you have to consider the source of the statement. If God said it, God is faithful to do what he promised. See, Sarah considered the one who made the statement. She judged God faithful. To judge God faithful means she had to judge the circumstance as less than adequate. 
she had to judge the circumstance as not being able to stop what God had promised. Because she judged him faithful. So God then is faithful and he's faithful to his word and faithful to perform the word because he's eternally linked to it. He cannot be separated from it. Let's look at one other verse, Romans chapter 4. And uh, this is a, a rather familiar verse, but it's important. Romans 4.21 says concerning Abraham that and being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was able also to perform. Now, there's so much in this verse. But what we get from the very beginning is that God is able to do what he promises. And, but notice what had to happen. Abraham had to come to that conviction of what? That if God promised it, he would do it. And not only, not only can he, he will. Now, one translation says he never allowed a lack of faith to make him question God's promises. Now, think about that for a moment. To question God's promises. Well, again, a promise is something said. So Abraham never allowed a lack of faith to cause him to question what God had said. So part of walking by faith is in, in, in spite of your circumstances, you never question what God said. Now, religion sometimes will say, well, no matter what you're going through, don't question God. Well, what they mean is just get satisfied with your death, destruction, sickness, poverty, death, and dying, and just be patient and don't question God. That's not what it's talking about, all right? In spite of what I might be facing, I don't question God's promises. Lord, I'm overcoming something in my body, but your word says I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm not questioning that. That's what I am because that's what you said. And you said that Sarah received strength to conceive seed because she judged you and your word faithful. Well, Father, I too judge you and your word faithful. And as a consequence of that, I will receive strength to drive this out of my body. I will receive strength to walk victoriously over this because I'm judging you and your word faithful. It says, so far from that, Questioning God's promises is what it means. So far from that, his faith was so strengthened that he praised God in the unshakable conviction that God is able not only to make promises. Oh, I like that. Not only to make promises, but to make his promises come true. Glory. He was so unshakable in his conviction that he started praising God that not only can you make promises, you can make them come true. Glory to God. 
Oh, hallelujah. See, part of the equation is, Lord, I thank you for what your word says. But the second part is, Father, I thank you that you're doing what your word says. You're doing it right now in my body, right now in my finances, right now in my family, right now in our nation, right now in our church. You're doing what you promised. Glory to God. I saw something the other night. Pastor Michelle and I were watching something, and, and uh, they had a, 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 a singer, a, an, an older singer, and still, still got a wonderful voice, has, has, has been around for a long time. And he said one time that a younger entertainer came to his house and came for a visit. And as they were talking, the younger man was very respectful, and he told him, he said, you know, I uh, 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 wanted to come and see you. You have had such a great career. And the older man said, I looked at him and said, no, having. Not had, having. I am having a great career. There are a lot of people that are quick to talk about what God has done. I'm going to talk about what God's doing. Those promises that he made me, he's fulfilling them right now in my life. Right now in my life, they're coming to pass. I judge God faithful in spite of what I may see, in spite of what I may feel, in spite of what the outward things may see. We have two people here. I'm trying to wrap this up, but we have two people here that are used as, as illustration that had very visible issues going on in their lives and in their body. If they weren't visible to everybody else, they were very visible to them. All right? Sarah knew that she was past the age of having children. Well, how, how would she have known that? Well, there were things that would have stopped. Her monthly cycle would have stopped. Other things would have stopped in her body. Abraham knew that he did not have strength to father a child because he, 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 he could see his body. He could understand the way that his body was, was, was reacting and acting. All right? It was very visible and very, very uh, uh, touchable, very obvious. But it says concerning both of them that the first thing they did was that through faith, they were convinced of something. That God was faithful. Hallelujah. And Sarah said, if he promised it, I'd judge him faithful to do it. And here in Romans 4.21, we read where Abraham was so convinced that he began to praise God with unshakable conviction that God not only was able to make promises, but God was able to make the promise come true. Glory to God. Amen. So that's where you're at. You're so convinced that you're praising God. You're so convinced that you're shouting. You're so convinced that you're glorifying God. You're so convinced you're dancing. You're so convinced you're running. You're so convinced you're shouting and glorifying God. Why? Because God not only can make promises, He can fulfill them. God not only talks a big game, God's got a big game. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith always looks at who made the promise. Faith always looks at who made the promise. God made the promise. And if God made the promise, 
That's exactly what's going to happen. And you, you got to judge him faithful. That what he said, he's able also to perform it. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll stand up tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just say it with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I consider your promises and what you have said to be absolute truth. And since you've promised it, you'll perform it. And in the midst of this circumstance, I judge you faithful. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, give the Lord a big shout for that tonight. Just glorify Him and thank Him. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank You. We glorify You. We magnify You. We thank You, Father. We thank You, Father. You're such a good Father. Such a good, 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 good Father. In the name of Jesus.